Welcome to the Besties with Breasties podcast. Sarah Hall here. I am a certified health and wellness coach, athletic trainer, mom, and breast cancer survivor. I help women overcome their own mind drama to make mind shifts that open up the possibility for their most empowered and energetic life. And I am Beth Wilmus, author, speaker, and founder of a human investment organization, otherwise known as a nonprofit called Faith Through Fire. Our mission is to reduce the fear and anxiety that breast cancer patients feel and replace it with hope and a path toward thriving. This podcast is about our experiences with breast cancer and life after as young survivors and moms. Hi, Beth. Hey, girl. How are you doing? I'm fab. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. I was, uh, you yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> you didn't sleep with it very well last night, oh. so I'm surprised you're saying fab. I know. I was saying before we got on here, you guys, that I think it's because we're within a month of unveiling the respite house. I think mm. it's just natural. You know, your mind's racing. You wake it's up. A, it's like before a wedding. Mm, like, Did yeah. I forget this? Do I need to do this? What do I yeah, need to do? You're, yeah, you're just... So I haven't been asleep. I haven't been falling asleep. Usually my problem is I fall asleep and maybe I wake up too early. This time, I'm just, you know, Gary was snoring by 9 p.m., and I'm laying in bed until 1 a.m., just, you know, thinking, scrolling my phone, which I know you're not supposed to do when you want to sleep. Yeah. But finally, I took a melatonin at, like, midnight or 1 and went downstairs for, like, 40 minutes just to change up the scenery. Uh And then I went back, and I fell asleep, but it wasn't super fitful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then the kids were up for school and stuff, so I am a little sleepy time. I'm wearing my glasses. Yeah. I didn't even get my contacts in my eyeballs today. (laughs) It's funny. There must have been something in the air because I overslept this morning and literally had eight minutes to get my girl on the bus. (laughs) I was like, you got to get up. Get dressed. Those days never never feel good. Get your breakfast. Just rush, 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 rush. And that's not at all related to what we're doing today. No, not at all. No. You know, we're talking about today. We are going to be talking about therapy. (gasps) Oh, I love therapy. Yes. I love you and I love therapy. Yeah. Well, it's just because there's there's just no other relationship out there where you can talk about things the way that you talk about things in therapy. That's because nobody feels comfortable being vulnerable anymore with each other. So your therapist is such a safe space. Yeah. You know, like who else validates the human experience? You know what I mean? Yeah, nobody. Because everybody comes at it from from a perspective of well, I mean, besides therapists, but everybody comes at it from a perspective of like. There's something in this for me if you see it my way or there's something in it for like me if you're my it. family member or there's something that, you know, yeah. And and we do have a very fix it mindset. I think it's fix it mindset or it's I don't know how to help you. So why are you telling me this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, <laughs> or yep. we don't know what we need, which is why I always like to turn to an expert. Yeah. Uh, I remember I think I've talked about this in the past, but I went to go see a therapist about some issues I was having completely unrelated to my cancer diagnosis. I just wanted like a sounding board and to uh-huh. get some validation and some coping mechanisms. And she found out I was a breast cancer survivor and she's like, oh, I think we should talk about this. And I was like, nah, I'm over that. Like, that's yeah. I'm not, that's not why I'm not, I'm not even here for that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We so got in the weeds on it and yeah. it was so beneficial. Yeah. Which is part of the it's reason. It's funny because you tell yourself I'm not into that. Mm-hmm. But but it's a protective mechanism. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Once I went down that path with her and I really, and it took me two years. Yeah. Two years of self-discovery. Yeah. And then to piggyback on that, we're going to be talking to Caroline Raposo, mm-hmm. who is a therapist who specializes. Wait, in- wait, wait. Don't what? say it yet. What? I was going to ask you. Okay. Do you know how many different kinds of therapy there are? Oh my gosh. I was doing some research on this. There's so many. I was just thinking like, oh, therapy, you just go sit on the couch and you talk like talk Mm-mm. therapy, you know? 
There's a lot. So talk therapy has actually got a very long name called cognitive behavioral therapy. Right. But there's also dialectical behavior therapy. There's eye movement, EMDR, which is what we're going to be talking about today. Exposure therapy, interpersonal therapy. Uh, so as you can see, there's the list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. But there's all kinds of different kinds of therapy. Yeah. But today we're going to be talking about EMDR. No, not EMDR. I think it's ED. Oh, it is EMDR. You're yeah, right. Dude. My bad. Yeah. Sorry. You and I have both tried this. Yeah. And both benefited from yeah. it, which is why we wanted to do an episode on it. Yes. Plus, we have a partner through Faith Through Fire that we refer to, and we've we've both experienced a session with Caroline. Yes. And so we can speak to the fact that we found a lot of benefit from it. We did. Yeah. yeah. We did. Yep. So, so today, we're going to be talking to Caroline Raposo. She is a licensed professional counselor and the owner of Navigation Counseling Services. She received a Master of Arts in Counseling from Missouri Baptist University. And Caroline provides dialect... I'm going to say this wrong. Dialectical behavior therapy. She works with those experiencing extreme hopelessness, suicidal ideation, and self-harm behaviors. I feel like that now that you've said that, we need to say that that's not all she sees. Because no. she saw us. So, yeah, she sees us. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, we we have had, like, so this is from her website. But we have had, I have had times where there's been hopelessness. It's not been, like, I couldn't get out of bed hopelessness necessarily. I think what but- I want people to hear is that you don't have to be having suicidal thoughts to benefit from this therapy or from seeing a therapist. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Caroline has additional training in acceptance and commitment therapy techniques, mindfulness techniques, and treatment options for symptoms of PTSD and developmental trauma. So developmental trauma, I was like, oh, what does that mean? So that's any kind of trauma that you experienced as you were developing. So childhood trauma, which could be as like small or as little as like somebody laughing at you on the playground. You know, mm-hmm. it, it ingrains in your mind. Mm-hmm. So specifically today, we're going to be talking to, with Caroline on a technique known as EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization. Desensitita- oh nope. my gosh. Eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy. Say that 10 times fast. Oh my gosh. No, thank you. So we're going to start with what led Caroline to the world of therapy. And then we're going to talk about what EMDR therapy is and how it works to reprogram trauma. Yep. And we're going to wrap up with the benefits of the therapy, specifically as it relates to the trauma experienced by a cancer diagnosis. But before we talk to Caroline, let's go to our first sponsor. Hair loss is consistently ranked as one of the most feared side effects of chemotherapy treatment. The emotional impact chemo hair loss can have on patients has been well documented. Scalp cooling is a simple treatment that can prevent hair loss caused by certain chemotherapy drugs. The use of scalp cooling is proven to be effective in preventing chemotherapy-induced alopecia and can result in people retaining much of their hair. Paxman is the global leader in scalp cooling. Their cold cap is scientifically proven to reduce hair loss during chemotherapy. If you are facing cancer treatment and concerned about losing your hair, ask your provider about scalp cooling and visit our website at www.coldcap.com. Hi, Caroline. Welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks for being here. We are so excited for our discussion today. Just because we we have both personally worked with you. I guess I can say that on here, right, Beth? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can say whatever you want to say. (laughs) Caroline won't out us, but we can out ourselves. Yeah, we can out ourselves. Yeah. You know, we we both wanted to see what some of this was about. And so we we both guinea pigged ourselves. And I think we're both very glad we did. Oh, heck yes, for sure. So I want to know, first of all, before we dive into all that, Caroline, what made you want to go into counseling? Ooh, so I... 
I have been in mental health and social work for kind of my entire life. When I, I grew up in a really conservative Christian home. And so I always thought I needed to do something like mission work. And in my head, I think I thought I needed to do mission work like in another country. And then as I got older and I realized I don't have to be in another country, I just have these, these skills that are of empathy and compassion. And so over the years, I've just honed them and realized what I am called to do what I'm really passionate about. And so I started in social work, working with children. And I've just, I I used to work in abuse and neglect prevention. And then I worked in kind of severe mental illness for a long time and then realized I really want to work one-on-one with people that want to change. And so I decided to go back and get my master's and get my license in counseling. Nice. What a a journey. And you've worked with all different types of trauma and different types of situations. That's what I was going to say. I said, I I hear a recurring theme of people who have been maybe traumatized by something. Is that, is that, that's a soft spot for you. You want to kind of help people. Yeah. What heal. Yeah. Yeah. What does that look like? I mean, is there a typical, you know, profile of somebody who's been traumatized and what that journey kind of tends to look like? I mean, we all have trauma in some way and whether you, uh, if you come in my office, we'll find something that you probably (laughs) need to work on, but we all have something from birth to now that has affected us in a negative way, which is what I would actually call trauma. So typically we kind of go into counseling situations and say, Trauma are these kind of top five things. So abuse or neglect or witnessing a a, a violent or graphic uh, scene like in the military or a first responder or a serious illness or something like that. But there are lots of other things that can be considered trauma as well throughout our development and our childhood that affect us and affect how we feel about ourselves, affect our self-worth, our self-esteem, our ability to feel confident about ourselves. And so that is something that I also work on with, with clients as well. I I thought that that's so, that's so right because I think so many people and what I've heard a lot in the population that we work with is like, this isn't trauma because I think people think trauma is is, uh, (laughs) like I haven't been to war I haven't I'm not a first responder I haven't seen anything really bad you know like or I haven't experienced anything or I was very blessed I had a I I have a great family childhood right I hear that every day I had such a good childhood I grew up in a in a upper middle or middle class home I was fine everything was fine and then when I'm I'm like okay let's deconstruct the fine (laughs) yeah right yeah yeah I I think I I think I read once that 70 percent of adults have endured a traumatic event in their life. And so it's pretty prevalent. So yeah. I think it is interesting yes. how we tend to to say, well, that's not me, right? Yeah. That's yeah. not yes. me. And I think I yes. actually, and we'll get into this a little bit later, but I think when I came to do a, an EMDR session with you to kind of see what that's like, I thought, I don't feel traumatized. I feel like I've done pretty well. But to your point about we will find something, it's surprising what you have kind of lurking there that you don't mm-hmm. you don't recognize until somebody guides you through it. It's, yeah, it's kind yeah. of I was fascinated. Yeah. Do we yes. want to do we want to get Caroline to share what EMDR is before we do boobs in the news? I don't know. 
do, what do you what do you think, Sarah? Ooh, I don't know. I'll counsel you. How do you feel? How do you feel about doing boobs in the news first? Um, let's let's levity. Let's 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 hold the suspense. Oh, okay. Yeah. All okay. Right. You want to do so, boobs in the news? Let's do boobs in the news. Caroline, you want to do boobs in the news with us? Yes. Okay. Boobs in the news is a fun segment where we read funny tweets by real people or ridiculous news stories. Boobs in the news is brought to you by Pink Perfect. Pink-perfect.com. Pink Perfect provides silicone prosthetic nipples for women who have undergone mastectomy and breast reconstruction with nipple removal. Visit pink-perfect.com and use promo code FACETHROUGHFIRE to receive $25 off your purchase. Bibs in the news! Bibs in the news! Bibs in the news! These are tweets from, what is the title of this? It's from the Huff Post, and it's 24 of the funniest tweets about married life. Okay. So, okay. So, the first one. Uh, wife is back from her trip and is upset at all the dishes in the sink, but at least they're not in the dishwasher incorrectly. Uh, <laughs> uh, I uh, Do you guys... I, I, <clears throat> I hate coming home to a sink full of dishes because they're always in there. Like, mm-hmm. with... You know, we have three kids, mm-hmm. and so it just... It's never not full of dishes. Mm-hmm. And then we have tasked our kids with doing the dishes a lot of times, mm-hmm. and they don't scrub them oh, properly. Yeah. So yeah. then uh. they go through the dishwasher, not getting clean. Yeah. And then they That's have to read. I mean, it literally takes some hours to do dishes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. Uh. I have been blessed with a husband that does all of the dishes. Oh, that's right. nice. He Diamond in the rough. I was going to say, Gary, Gary Gary, does it because he gets fed up, not because yeah. he wants to do them. Oh. He he will literally, because well. I like to do, I like to do dishes in the morning and he uh. likes to do them before he goes to bed. So he comes down to a clean kitchen. Oh yeah. That's but at, nice. at night I'm exhausted. I just want to go to bed and yeah. I'd rather get up in the morning and do it. So he will just begrudgingly yeah, that, that do might it. be my husband's motive as well yeah, yeah 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 there's something nice about a clean calm kitchen in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. all right yeah. My, my wife has no intention of ever sharing her blanket and yet every morning she asks me to keep to help her spread it over the entire bed <laughs> are you guys bed makers I do yeah. like to make a bed. Yeah, same. I do. My husband could care it less. Looks my nice husband doesn't care. In, it just yeah. looks nice. Even if your room's like not very clean right then at that moment, yeah. if your yes. bed's ma- if your bed's it's made, the you one feel one clean thing in my room. <laughs> yeah, <right> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I I always read that that's like you wake up and then you accomplish something right away. So oh, it yeah, just like it's, sets you on a somebody path. Somebody wrote yeah. a book called Make Your Bed. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Before I got married, I didn't even know there was a wrong way to put milk back in the fridge. I, I feel like all these are men. <laughs> no, that was like, that was a woman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's saying she's saying he's telling her that it's ro- the wrong way to. Put- yeah, the last three tweets have been men complaining about their wives. Have you noticed that? Well, no, that that uh, last one was a woman complaining about her husband. Yeah, putting it in the wrong. Yeah, uh, apparently they had liked to put their milk in a certain way. All right, uh, this wow. is the last one. I'm just assuming my husband and children all walked past the the cat puke instead of cleaning it up so that they wouldn't rob me of the full experience of being a wife and a mom. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to look at that. Yep. Our kids are also responsible for feeding and watering the dog. Watering the dog. Watering like he's a dog. plant. Yeah. And they, they don't do it. And it's like, you know, they walk past his food bowl 60 million times a day. And mm-hmm. our poor dog is on an unintentional weight loss plan because Aww. they don't feed the dog. Oh. Poor guy. Poor buddy. Oh. Yeah. Those tweets are all real. They are. Yep. There's your bibs. Bibs in the news. Bibs in the news. Bibs in the news. All right. We are back with Caroline. So 
I was able to, well, we were both able to experience a, a session with EMDR, but can you just explain to everybody what EMDR is? Sure. So I went to a training and, and they talked about EMDR. It stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And, and I really did not think that it was legitimate. I didn't think that it was beneficial. I didn't even believe that it could actually work. And then like four years later, after a little bit of experience as a therapist, I started to realize actually this is this is so real and it is is so needed with clients because trauma almost always is the root cause mm-hmm. of our struggles our behaviors that we use to cope every day that we want to change trauma is at the root our insecurities trauma is at the root so i went to another training <laughs> and and really learned how to do mdr and i had my own experience with it and that really that really changed my perspective on what EMDR is. So eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, big long word, but EMDR is what you'll hear most people say. And it is bilateral stimulation of the brain to help people reprocess painful events or experiences or memories from their past. Yeah. We've talked about this before, but when you've been traumatized by something, your memory goes out the window. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. when I got diagnosed with breast cancer, we talked about how large chunks of our memory of that have are missing yep. because it's traumatic. And things that impacted me in my childhood or in adulthood that were traumatic, I, I always say, and Sarah and I are very prone to being like, well, we just don't hold on to things. We just kind of let things go. Well, part of it's because we don't freaking, re- we don't know. Caroline's like, yeah, I just heard her say that. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think it's because we're, you know, I mean, you tend to kind of repress mm-hmm. those emotions and yes. those feelings as a coping mechanism. Is that yeah. fair, Caroline? Is that true? Oh, yeah. So, so we you know, we want to live in the present. And a lot of, I hear that from so many people that were saying that, that, oh, that's in the past. And that's not that I, it doesn't affect me now, or I'm not, I'm not going to dwell on the past. And, and as much as you would logically like to say that the body doesn't care about that anxiety (laughs) when that, when that gets triggered, it's actually a totally different part of the brain than logic and rational thinking. And you have no control over it. Can I use a real example, like a life example to, to help people go, what are you, what are they even talking about? Right? Yes, right yes, now? Please. So six years ago, six or seven years ago, my daughter almost drowned at Blanchett Park in St. Charles. It was a scary, traumatic situation. And, and for four years I had anxiety and I would be doing, everything would be fine. I'd be sitting in my office and my mom would give me a call and say, Hey, we're going to the pool today. And I would start to have panic and anxiety, even though nothing bad was currently happening. My body was, was remembering and responding as though something bad was going to happen. And that is what trauma does where everything's fine. We're just going about our day. And then it it kind of trip. It's like a tripwire. And it sends off this kind of fear explosion or shame or anger or sadness. And and we could be going about our day and and it hit us and we have no control over over how our body feels in that moment because the trauma got hit or tripwired. So when I got trained in EMDR, I chose to use that situation, that moment, because I was tired of having those tripwires, those moments where I would feel scared, even in the bathtub, my brain kind of began to over associate this traumatic thing. And the water in the bathtub began to scare me. 
Mm. And it wasn't logical and it didn't make sense. So I processed through this and 25 minutes later, you know, at my training, I'm holding these other, I'm the guinea pig with the other therapist and I'm all the emotion came up and I chose to go there. And then this moment of relief happened where I just released my, it was gone. All of that fear was gone because I had fully processed it out instead of it being stuck there Mm. from that trauma. So we have a mentee in our programs and in our program, our mentor program. And this is so relevant to what happened because we were chatting and I said, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And she's like, uh, you know, because the last time I talked to her, she was like, I'm doing fine. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. you know, you kind of know that part of the process, right? Where they're just, mm-hmm. they're still in shock. They're just trying to kind of get their bearings. So everything's fine. Yes. And then I talked to her and she's like, well, it's starting to feel more real. And oh, by the way, my sister also got diagnosed with cancer this mm-hmm. week. And, oh my goodness. you know, and I, I told her, and she's like, sorry to overwhelm you with all this information. And I was like, you're not overwhelming me. I'm like, first of all, I'm like, that's a lot. And I said, and secondly, we see that all the time. We've had sisters get diagnosed at the same time. We've had mothers and daughters get diagnosed at the same time. And I told her, I said, this is just from my own experience. But I said, you're a very strong person. I'm a very strong person. I said, but the key to moving past that is you have to feel the feelings. Mm -hmm. Like you have to be willing to like your point, Caroline, to go there And to say, I'm feeling distraught, anxious, fearful, Mm -hmm. and then giving yourself that permission is like, Mm -hmm. is what allowed me to, and I had never done that before my cancer diagnosis. I had never with any feeling allowed myself to feel bad, to feel bad. I would Mm -hmm. always bottle it down and say, well, put your, pull your big girl pants on and just get at it because that's life, right? But I told her, I said, just my experience. But if you let yourself feel the bad feelings, Mm -hmm. that is the quickest way to releasing it. It sounds like you're saying the same thing. And that's kind of what... Yes, that's exactly. That's called validation. Validation of our emotional experience. And that is the... That is EMDR. We are validating our experience to the highest level and we're, and we're releasing the emotional pain, whatever the emotion may be that we actually have 89 different emotions, which there's a Brene Brown wrote a book recently called Atlas of the heart. And she documented 89 emotions Hmm. and it was, it's, like that's crazy that yeah. we we are we we have the potential to feel so many things and you are spot on you are so right when you say we have to feel those emotions i i would like to like can you explain a little bit about how the the actual process with the <laughs> with this the, the vibrators the vib- yeah the, the vibrators <laughs> i was trying to think of a nice yeah. way to say it like will you explain cuz i think the process itself of how it all works is really fascinating yeah, so there, there's a lot of science behind it. So I'll kind of really sim- try to simplify it for you. In 1989, a therapist was upset about an event that had happened in her life, and she went on a walk to try to process through it and realized that she felt better after 20, 25 minutes. So she had a theory. Maybe it's because my eyes were moving back and forth that helped me process my emotion. And that was activating both sides of my brain, helping me process through it, kind of like REM sleep does, rapid eye movement. Uh-huh. And she started testing it on her clients and was able to gain some momentum when people started to feel relief from past painful experiences and events. And then she 
more research was done and we started to realize that it's actually not about eye movement. It's about bilateral stimulation of the brain. So you can also use headphones with a sound in each ear that, that goes back and forth. And then they created these vibrators that you're talking about. (laughs) And it's, and it's not actually, they're too like buzzing kind of paddles that want you put one in each hand and I change up the frequency and intensity of them so that your brain is kind of always on its toes. It's not getting used to it. And by bilaterally stimulating your brain, you're really creating some open-mindedness or it's a big word, fancy word, neuroplasticity or fluidity in the brain so that you're able to, you know, if you have some neural pathways that have been formed surrounding shame or fear or anger, then you're able to process those and allows it's, it's kind of like this gas bubble coming to the surface and it allows it to kind of jostle free. And once it's hits the surface, it's dispersed, it's gone. You can't really Mm -hmm. collect all of that emotional energy back, but you have to feel it. And, and, and bilateral simulation helps you do that. I also, I I was going to say imagery and internal kind of uh, mindfulness practices to help you focus on those emotions. Yeah. I have a question. So we all know those people where maybe they encountered a trauma 30 years ago, you know, and it has impacted (laughs) the way they are today. You know, like you said, those neural pathways get kind of ingrained and they're not positive. They're negative. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. it's negatively impacted their life and their behaviors in various ways. Can you undo something that's 30 years old or is it better Mm. to kind of attack it? I'd also just like really love to hear because we've talked a lot about like what people might feel leading up to it. But like what have you seen as like that transformation? Have you seen somebody who is that like really 30 year ingrained trauma? Oh, yeah. You know, and what does it look like on the other side? And is it better to get that help sooner versus later or can it be just as effective? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You could have something that happened a month ago or you could have something that happened 30 years ago. And what I say to people when they come in my office is if you're open, then I trust your subconscious completely. And subconscious is a, is a weird word. Well, like, what does that even mean? And so I, I, kind of explain it like conscious mind says, Hey, I'm hungry right now. I want to go get something to eat, or I have to go, uh, get on a podcast later today, or (laughs) I need to run to the store. But subconscious is really the things that developed the, the ideas that developed our personality, our core beliefs are about ourselves, about life, about trust, about, our, our self-worth. And so some of those, those subconscious things rule our choices. So if, if I had a traumatic event that happened, I may be afraid to pursue things in a certain career because I don't think I'll be successful. Mm. If I experienced a trauma, a medical trauma, I may constantly live in, in fear that something bad is going to happen to my family members. And so I'm con- I'm like may- possibly like over controlling or overly obsessive about keeping them healthy in because I am afraid because something had happened to me. So our past is always, our subconscious is always kind of driving the choices that we make in the present. And, and if there are choices that are not healthy, they're destructive or harming our relationships or preventing us from accomplishing things, then I would say, let's deal with them. Let's mm-hmm. work on that. 
I, I want to talk about, because you touched on what somebody with a medical condition might feel, you know, and how that yes. trauma might affect them. I want to talk specifically about someone who maybe is a cancer survivor or dealing with yeah. living with cancer and some typical signs and symptoms of trauma they might be experiencing and things like that. But before we do that, you want to let's go to our second sponsor. Yep. Innsbruck Resort is a proud sponsor of the Faith Through Fire Respite House and the Besties with Breasties podcast. We know you work hard, but at Innsbruck, we also know you want to disconnect from what's stressing you out and reconnect with the important things in your life. Innsbruck makes it easy by offering lakefront living and vacationing less than 45 minutes from St. Louis. Vacation homes, golf, swimming, nature trails, fun events, and more. Take a drive and discover Innsbruck. Visit Innsbruck dash resort.com. We are back. Uh, let's talk specifically about cancer and how that how that trauma impacts patients. Are there typical signs and symptoms of trauma they may be experiencing or presenting with? Have you seen that? So I think fear tends to be the, the primary fear of something, uh, something coming back. Fear of recurrence is huge. Yeah. Recurrence and fear of something happening to someone else that they care about. But you mentioned shame. And I think that's really powerful because I've actually, the, the women that I have worked with that are breast cancer survivors have said that that almost always comes back to something about themselves. I mean, I know you guys have talked about it on your podcast before, but can affect intimacy mm. and self-confidence, sometimes even pursuing future goals or plans mm. for fear that something uh, like bad will happen again. Mm-hmm. So I don't like, I, I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to do, I don't want to go. Cause what if I have a recurrence? What if something happens again, then, then kind of feel limited. I do think that uh, that's like, uh, for me, that was uh, something that I had to grapple with was that I realized once the wheels came off and something bad happened to me, that just because something bad happened to me, now I, I wanted to be like, well, that's my one bad thing in life and now I'm mm-hmm. done. But when you realize oh, that yeah. that one bad thing does not mean that another bad thing can't happen, yeah. it, it you kind of lose that innocence, right? Yep. The complexity and layers that come with a medical trauma and a diagnosis of breast cancer, there there's so many layers of emotion that 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 are unexpected. That so trauma isn't just one emotion. That is you know, typically, you know, I actually just use a scale zero to 10. How intense is the emotion still attached to this? And we'll start at a nine or a 10. And then the next layer is a different emotion, but it's, it's, they're, they're just, maybe there's five or six emotions that you have to work through. I, I spoke to an oncology nurse and she was telling me about a patient that she had that was a seven year survivor. And she's, she was, legitimately surprised that this woman was in the level of distress emotionally that she was in. She's like, you know, by all accounts, she's doing great. Like, I don't understand why seven years later, she's this upset still. And I Ugh. was I was sitting there thinking because Ugh. because nobody has helped her process yeah. what she's been through mm-hmm. and her yes. quality of life has been severely impacted. Mm-hmm. And it's the oh elephant. It's the elephant in the room that no one's validating. Yeah. So I guess you, Caroline, do you have any little last minute nuggets that you want to pass along? And then how can people find you? I always end with this because people often have the question, how do I find a good counselor? Because I've been to a counselor before and I went twice and yeah, it didn't really do anything. Or <laughs> yeah. I didn't buy. They're, they're like every profession, right? There's good ones and there's bad ones. Yeah. Yes. So what I tell people is, if you're not going to come to me, because I would love to see you, I want you to find a good 
and and I'm I'm always going to come back to trauma. I'm always going to come back to uh, to experiencing emotions because ta- talking up here in the brain only gets so far because if you have emotions, they they need to be dealt with. So talk therapy is all well and good if you need some just kind of general validation, but to really feel different and changed and and healed, I really would suggest finding a good EMDR therapist. Now, don't Google EMDR therapist. <laughs> Finding a therapist on Google is not the way to go. You need to talk to people. And that is hard because that means you have to be vulnerable. But talk to people. Reach out to it, to the support network in Faith Through Fire and, and ask, like, I need a good therapist. Who have you gone to that actually helped you? Mm-hmm. And and only find counselors and therapists through word of mouth, not through Google. Oh my gosh, I hundred percent love that. Agree. Yep, I hundred yep, percent yep. agree. I've talked to women that have <laughs> regressed because they didn't oh. do that, and so yep. yes, I hundred percent agree with yeah. you. Find that's my that's my last tip, mm-hmm. and yep. then you can find me. So I have a website. It's www.navigationcounselingservices.net. You are also able to text me on my office line or call me on my office line. And that is 636-236-3179. And I try to get back within 24 hours. I would absolutely love to talk to anybody, even if you're not sure if you want to see me or if you're just wanting a referral or wanting to be connected to a therapist in your area, because I know this this podcast reaches well yeah. outside of my my range of service. You're, you're in St. Charles, right? Cottleville area? Yes, I'm in yep. Cottleville. Yeah. Okay, Cottleville, yeah. Missouri people, if you're listening. But I will say this, that even if you're in the, you know, St. Louis area. Yeah. Therapy, yeah. therapist good a good therapist is worth With traveling for yeah. you know i yes, will go, i have i, I have people, i've had people travel an hour and a half to come and we'll do a 2 hour session and make the most of the time so that so that you really see some results and you really feel changed afterwards yeah that's awesome thank Love you it. so much for being on and explaining thank you ladies yeah what emdr is and where people can find you we're thrilled to have you and thanks so much for partnering with faith through fire Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. All right. Bye, All right. Until, Until next, next time, time, guys. Bye. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Besties with Breasties podcast. Leave us a voicemail or share your own experience on bestieswithbreastiespodcast.com. And don't forget to leave a five-star review. This episode was hosted by Sarah Hall and Beth Wilmes. Audio and production edits by Innovative Frequencies. 